What most entrepreneurs who are launching do is they take easy to use and they build what they think is easy to use. And then they put it out in the marketplace and it doesn't get the result they want. So the second question that you ask is, what has to happen? How do you know that it's easy to use? And what happens is the buyer gives you what I call their buyer blueprint. They're going to they're gonna say, I, you know, I want it to be mobile. I, I use an iOS, not an Android. I want to pay for it once, not every month. They'll give you all those things. As an entrepreneur launching, what you do is build that. Just build that and push that out. And it will give you a much higher chance of being successful at, at the get-go. Hey everyone, this is Devin Miller here with another episode of The Inventive Journey. I'm your host, Devin Miller, the serial entrepreneur that's grown several startups into seven and eight figure businesses, as well as the founder of Miller IP Law, where we help startups and small businesses with patents and trademarks and everything else with their business. Um, And if you ever need help with yours, just go to strategymeeting.com and grab some time to chat. Now, today we have another great guest on the podcast, Scott Duffy. And uh, Scott is just a quick introduction, grew up in LA, went to college, I think in San Diego, um, started his first business as a freshman while he was in college. And then as he's going through schooling, got in a a bad car accident, forced him to drop out, changed a bit of the trajectory went on or or was going in with it in his life, and then got into personal development, did that for a period of time, got Mm -hmm. burned out, and then kind of switched over to the tech and startup industry, but was doing that for a while. 2008 kind of came along, caused a few things to crash or to otherwise uh, need to pivot. So he just or pivoted to kind of where he's at today, and he'll get into a bit more of that as we talk. So with that much as an, introdu- as an introduction, welcome on the podcast, Scott. What's up, Devin? You looking good over there? <laughs> right, hey, I always say it's better to show. look good than to be good. So I'm uh, glad I'm at least looking good. So no, I'm not doing great. So so I gave kind of the brief introduction, uh, a little bit about your journey, but let's uh, go back in time a little bit. Tell, tell us a little bit about going to, or growing up in LA, going to college and how that started your journey out. Sure. Well, I, I like you said, I grew up in LA, um, went to school down um, in San Diego at the University of San Diego. And I got some really great advice when I was uh, going into my freshman year from a family member. What the family member shared with me is they said on your first day of school, before you actually go to class, make sure to go to the career counseling department and get to know the person that runs it mm. and build that relationship and, and tell that person, let them know that when summertime comes, you want to get a great internship and you love to work together with them on that, right? On like setting that up. Mm. So I thought it was great advice. And I ended up doing that. And I went and got to know this guy and he's totally cool who, who ran career counseling and um, I was always kind of stopping by the office to say hello and see what he had. He never had anything for me. Mm. And then one day he calls and he's like, Scott, I got it. I'm like, you got it. You got what well, he's like, I've got it. He said, um, I got the perfect thing for you. So mm. I'm like, yes. So I get in the car. I drive up to school. Now, here's the thing. Back then, if you got a great internship, you were interning for like IBM or mm. Xerox or maybe Microsoft back in the day. I'm not even sure some of those companies still exist, but if, if they, if they do. I think Microsoft still exists as far as I'm okay. aware. <laughs> so it was back then. So anyway, um, so I, I just wanted to know who it was. Mm-hmm. And so I sat down with him. I said, I said, who is it? And he said this triple a student painters. Mm-hmm. I'm like student painters. He's like, no, triple a student painters. Mm-hmm. I said, you gotta be kidding me. 
He said, look, Scott, he said, I've gotten to know you over the course of this, this last year. And he said, all I see is entrepreneur in you. Hmm. And he said, so what I want to do is he said, I want to find you a path to learn how to actually write a business plan and start and build a team and run your own p and And I want you to, and these guys are going to teach you how to do it. It's kind of like a franchise. Hmm. So that's how I started. I started as a high school student painting business. I had like 14, 15 people that were primarily college students that were working for me painting houses. And, um, and everything was pretty much a disaster. Hmm. <laughs> the entire thing, you know, and, and I, it's funny because I learned a lesson at that time. I, the, the lesson I learned is, is the franchise, you know, or this type of business, what they did is they laid out a plan and they said, this is what works, right? And I've learned as I've gotten older, there's really two ways to learn through trial and error, which takes a lot of time and money, or by modeling, finding people out there, producing the results that you want, find out what they're doing, their mm-hmm. beliefs, strategy, and syntax, do the same things to produce the same results. Well, I got the book, which was the perfect model. And like mm-hmm. a lot of people, I decided to do everything else and just make it up on my own. And it didn't really work, but it was a great experience. And for me, it became the foundation of mm-hmm. everything I did as an entrepreneur after that. Now, one question. So you, you I, first of all, I think that's cool that you win. You bug, basically bugged the guidance counselor saying, hey, I'm going to keep you a friend of mine so that I get the good or the good uh, position or the good opportunity, which I think is, you know, it was great advice. And definitely, usually what happens is you get into like, oh, it's February, March. Oh, I guess I better start thinking about an internship. And by that time, they're either, either already all filled or you're scrambling or you're getting something less. So I think that was a great, uh, great piece of advice. So you're doing that, you know, you do the internship, you get some good experience. And then I think that where now where did the, the car accident play into that in the sense that that sounds like it kind of adjusted or, or created a, a different trajectory than what you were planning on? Yeah, so, you know, I was really, I mean, I really loved college I, I love the whole thing i love the the experience um i played sports i, I was just really really active hmm. and there was a tradition when i was um at school in san diego where after the fall in the the spring midterm exams everyone would kind of like pile in their cars and we'd had nine hours south over the border to san felipe mexico hmm. and just have a great san felipe mexico time Right. Mm. And, um, and in my junior year, my third year of college, I, I finished exams early and decided mm. to go down early with, with a group of, um, of people to help set up. Mm. And, um, and uh, for, for anybody that's been down to Baja, Mexico, maybe you can kind of picture this, um, or even if you haven't, basically what would happen back then is we would cross the border and you'd go down these roads that were federal highways Hmm. and there's literally one lane in each direction and then desert as far as you can see. Hmm. And for some reason, there's like a rise in the road at some point. I don't know if it's like a floodplain or something and then a drop and then just desert. Well, we were cruising down the road and we're going fast. And there was a car that had gone off the side, a truck that had gone off the side, tried to gun it, gun it back in. And he didn't see us. We didn't see him. And we hit this guy going like, you know, 70, 80, 90 miles an hour. Hmm. And it was the worst day of my life. And the question that I ask people is this, is, you know, how many times have you been going down a road in your life? And maybe you're doing everything right. You know, maybe in business, you had the perfect idea. You wrote the perfect plan. You put the perfect team in place. You executed 
perfectly, flawlessly. Mm. And then something, it's like it came out of nowhere and it completely knocked you off course. And everything that you've done, I mean, think about it. Maybe it was COVID. Maybe it's Mm -hmm. an illness. Maybe you had to move. Like everything you did up to that point, you had to throw out and you had to start over. Every call, every email, every plan. Well, that's what happened to me. Hmm. I, I ended up with two brain hemorrhages. I had to drop out of school and it took me a while to get better. And I couldn't do anything when I was getting ready. Better, I couldn't read. I couldn't watch. Everything made me sick. Hmm. Until one day a roommate came in and he said, my dad thinks you should listen to this. And it was a motivational book on tape. Hmm. And so I started listening and I could keep it really low and it was okay. And I don't know how much I actually like, like could retain, but it just seemed to sink in. And before he knew it, I had a library. And as I got better, I decided I wanted to go work for any of these people I listened to. And the first person I applied to to intern for was Tony Robbins. And that was only because he was the closest trainer to where I lived. Hmm. And so so anyway, they offered me a job at Robbins Research, and and I ended up um, never graduating from college. Um, I started I started working for for Robbins when I was 20. He was so 30. One question. So, so you, you you backing up just to unpack that that yeah. just a little bit. So first of all, you know, got in the car accident, had to drop out of school because you can if you can't even or read or watch a, a TV or anything else, it's probably going to be hard to you know be able to study or to be able to keep up with anything of that. Not to mention you're pretty banged up. But then you get you know at least. I imagine that's going to be a bit depressive or it's going to be a bit hard, a hard pill to swallow or it takes a bit of time to figure out, okay, if I can't do that for a period of time, what am I going to do? But I think that's awesome that somebody came along and say, hey, let's at least give you something to do, listen to these tapes. But you listen to those and you get into that, you know, applying for Tony Ro- or Tony Robbins, I think at, you know, that time, and he's still a big, you know, big individual and has a lot of following in that. Was it just happenstance? You know, how did, I would assume that people in that industry would love to be work for him or intern for him or anything else. Was it just happenstance or how did you actually land that? <laughs> so I didn't know anybody there. So, by the way, San Diego back then was like the Silicon Valley of the speaker industry. All mm-hmm. the big business speakers, personal development speakers, authors, they were, they were there. Tony Robbins, Dennis Whaley, Jim Rohn, who I worked for. Um, everybody was there. Um, and, uh, and so I'm like, I got to stand out. And I had list, I'd really listened to his stuff. And so what I did is he's a big guy, six, seven. I, I went and I got this big cardboard box, this tall box. Mm. And I filled it halfway with packing material. And in the center, what I did is I put one of his tapes, the cover of his book, a picture of his wife from his Robbins Research Magazine at the time, a thing, and then I put my resume in the middle. And then I filled the rest with packing material and I put on the top, how can Robbins Research benefit with Scott Duffy as a member of its team? Hmm. And we had pledges. I was in a fraternity. I had one take it to the office. And I said, if he doesn't take it, or if he's out of town, like the guy that runs the company doesn't take it, bring it back. We'll try it again tomorrow. And so, so anyway, I think they just kind of got a kick out of it. And, and the thing is, it is. So just like, did they take it the first time or did he have to go back? They, did, they took it the first time. They called <laughs> me back laughing. And they, and they said, they said, they said, come on in. And I was applying for an internship and they, they gave me this job. And the funny thing is, 
they said, they said, you're, you're hired. And I thought I was hired for an internship. And everyone knew except for me, I was hired for a job. It was kind of like, it was, it was a funny thing. Anyway, but the whole point is in life, especially today, you got to do something different to stand out because it is so damn competitive out there. And so what is that one little thing, that extra little thing that you're going to do? And the thing is, what's really cool is that we used to think that we had to be the mirror image of something that we looked up to. We used to think if we were in business, we had to be Jack Welsh or we had to be Oprah or we had to be this person mm-hmm. or that person. What people buy is they buy you. So whatever that thing is that makes you you, that makes you unique, that's what you bring to the table. That's how you stand out. For me, the way I kind of did this thing was my thing, but for you, it, it could be totally different. Hmm. No, and I think that's a, that's a cool story. I mean, I, it's always interesting. You know, I can't remember which book I read, but it was it's one of the books. And I, I'm usually if I, I either two ways I consume, I either love to watch uh, or listen to podcasts, or I love to read books. But it was one of them, and I can't remember which business that he sent it, one shoe to the individual, and it was to say, hey, if you want to get the other shoe, basically come you know come talk to me, and you know, or, or give me a chance <laughs> to interview with you. And I think that was kind of those same things of you know they as in now is on the other side of being an employer you know, you get bombarded with a lot of people that are wanting jobs or positions, especially if you're successful. And, you know, all the resumes, or especially if you're having a position, start to look the same. And so standing out and actually doing something to, to set yourself apart, always, I think, are always is beneficial. So I, I give you kudos. I think that's a very innovative way to go and land that position. Let me share with you a story as long as we're kind of on this thread. So sure, when sure. I was at Fox Sports, I, I, I was on the team that we, we started, we launched foxsports.com. And, um, and I ran sales, marketing, and business development, did some op stuff. And, and so I used to get a ton of resumes and mm-hmm. everything looked the same, right? Mm-hmm. And then one day I got this box that came for me and it was a whiteboard. Hmm. And the whiteboard, it said chalk talk, right? Which is a phrase used in sports. I'm going to give you chalk talk because before whiteboards, you'd write on the chalkboard. So I'm going to give you chalk talk. So this person had, it was, a, it was a woman and she had written the chalk talk and it was the X's and O's like a play that she had drawn out on the board of why I should hire her. And then her resume was her sports resume. So it, it made it look like a professional. There was nothing about business. What it was is a picture of her, like on her dad's lap in a Jersey when she was this big, you know, it, all the way up to when she became, I think she was a, a Washington state cheerleader hmm. and it was so creative. I, I didn't have a job. I'm like, you got to come in. I'm going to refer you to every single person that I know. Hmm. And it's always worked when, when I take a look kind of, so I was in the training industry kind of burned out of it. And during that time, I kind of got bit by the tech bug. Hmm. I fell in love with the internet. So the internet first became commercial in October of 94. And and, and what that means is it was the first time there was a graphical user interface or what we call a browser, Mm -hmm. a mosaic from Mark and in Chicago. Anyway, so two months later, I started an internet company. Well, before, now, just a second, before yeah. you dive into that, because you did the, you know, you did the um, personal development for a period of time. And I think we chatted before the podcast started is you, mm-hmm. uh, you got burned out a bit or you're looking for a transition. So maybe, yeah. you know, how did you, as you get, and, and it happens, you know, you work a lot of hours or yeah. you've done this, you can only do it so many times and still get mm-hmm. excited for it. And you're saying, Hey, I need to get a shift or I need to yeah. gear. So, you know, talk a little about how you burned out and then how did you land in the tech industry and then certainly dive in. 
Well, I mean, so the way I landed in the tech industry was I was burned out of being in that in that thing. Didn't want, I didn't want to travel anymore. Um, we were on the road all the time. And yeah, I'm in my early 20s. I'm a young guy. And um, and so I was kind of in between. And I ended up going and working for a bar. I worked for a place called Chillers. We served these like slushy slurpy drinks. Hmm. You know, and they were, they were awesome. And, <laughs> and I couldn't figure out what I wanted to do. And it was, it was one of those times in our lives. And I think that, that all of us go through this at some point where we're searching and we're looking and we're, we're like a little lost, mm. but we know that if we just got a shot somewhere that we just go in and we do a great job and I couldn't mm. find it. I couldn't find my thing. And then one day my roommate called me, my old roommate, like the guy with the tape, he <laughs> calls me and he goes, he goes, he called me Duff for Duffy. He's mm-hmm. like, he's like, Duff, what are you doing these days? I said, nothing. He goes, awesome. We're going to start an internet company. I said, mm-hmm. what's an internet company? He said, what does it matter? You just told me you're not doing anything and you're trying to figure out what to do. He's like, just go for it. So, you know, just me overthinking things. So anyway, I went, we, we tried this thing. It was a consumer internet access company. Give you access. Anyway, um, didn't work. Didn't work at all. We were way too early. Mm. Nobody knew what we were talking about, including me. And so, but what happened was I got exposed some, to some amazing stuff coming out of Stanford. Like the, the guys that were working on what became Yahoo and the guys at Carnegie Mellon working on what became Alta Vista. And I'm like, the action is in the Bay Area for Mm. this and i'm kind of falling in love with this Hmm. i gotta get up there but i didn't have an into a company whatever i had some friends that lived up there Hmm. so i went on what i call the couch tour and the couch tour you guys may know what this is right where you basically take your tips from chillers Hmm. and you get in the car when you don't work and you drive to san francisco and you stay on your friend's couches (laughs) that's what i did and I did it for about six, seven months. And then eventually I started to get really behind. I got behind on my rent. Um, I owed my family a little bit of money. Um, and I was, I, I kind of ran out of couches and on this one day really sucked. I was up there and I couldn't get a hold of anybody to stay at their house. Hmm. They were probably avoiding me like the plague at that time. Right? <laughs> like we're tired of this guy sleeping on the couch. We'll just, we'll just pretend we didn't get his call. Exactly. Send a voicemail or whatever he did back then. Hmm. So I was, I was actually, it was a rainy night. It was freaking cold. And I was in Foster city and I was sleeping in my car in a dirt lot outside of Oracle. Now hmm. that place is all buildings. And I got a call and I was really down and I was really depressed. It was from a family member. And they said, we have no idea what you're doing. You owe us money. You're not around. Like, and we've been, we've had a family business for 50 years. Like we think you should come back and do that. Hmm. And I had to make a choice. And, and we all go through this in life where we have to make these choices, take us in one of two different directions. Do I go home or do I stay? Hmm. And what I decided to do was I turned on my car, I drove overnight and I went back to LA. But here's what I did. I went into my place. I was there with my, shared with my sister. I took everything out of my room and I went to a pawn shop in Santa Monica and I sold everything that I had. I sold a Rolex I bought when I worked for Tony Robbins. I sold my freaking high school ring. I sold a bracelet that a girlfriend had given me 
when I was in high school or college. Like I, I sold everything. They just wouldn't take the basketball in the file cabinet. Hmm. And I went, I paid back what I owed, got caught up on the rent. And that same day I drove back up to the Bay area hmm. and I had 200 bucks. And the question is, what do you do with your last 200 bucks? Hmm. You got to be creative. The answer for me was you buy pizza. <laughs> of course. Why not? That's exactly what you need. That's what you do. And back then there weren't a lot of internet companies. Every, all the internet companies were basically engineers. There was no, you know, nobody was selling anything. Hmm. And so um, what I did is I picked the ones that I knew. I went to a Domino's. I made a deal. I bought pizzas, printed my resume out. Here's the key, by the way. I smashed it as deep as I could into the cheese and the pizza. So if somebody wanted to eat, they literally had to pull my freaking thing out. Hmm. And I figured somebody would be hungry. And that's what happened. A guy named Bill Peck, the father of internet advertising, called me. And he was cracking up. And he said, I don't know if I have a job for you, but I promise if I don't, I'll find you one. And it totally changed my life. Hmm. And then from there, I was on the ground floor of a series of companies that through IPOs and partnerships became big global brands. So the launch team of CBSSports.com, um, what became NBC Internet, FoxSports.com. And then eventually, I started and sold a company to Virgin and ran it for that group for a couple of years. So now, so that kind of gives you a great transition. It's, it's certainly a fun story as to how you kind of pivoted and adjusted throughout the journey. So take us now to where you're at today. So you're still there. What are you doing today? And kind of what's the next six to 12 months look like for you? Yeah. So, t- so today, you know, what I do is, um, you know, my, my mission in life is simple. You know, my goal is to help change the world, to help change the world, to do it through entrepreneurship, to empower an army of people. Because I look, if there's anything I've learned during COVID, it's not politicians that are going to solve our problems. Hmm. It's people like you and me. It, sure. It's entrepreneurs that are going to figure out what's wrong, figure out how to fix it, figure out how to finance it. Those are the people that change the world. And so I want to be a part of helping people to do that. So um, I have this proprietary mapping method that I use to help people to build companies. I, I um, have launched an online academy called the What Now Academy. We'll teach you what to do now, what's coming next to build a great business. And, um, and you can check that out at www.whatnow.academy. Um, and, um, and, that's, and that's really my focus now on what it is that I do, providing a ton of content to empower people to build amazing companies that change the world. No, I think, and I think that's a, an awesome, uh, awesome mission, an awesome business. Sounds like it'd be a ton of fun. So, well, that kind of brings us up today and or brings us up to where you're at today. And it kind of is a good transition to, I always ask two questions at the end of each podcast. So we'll jump to those a bit now. So the first question I always ask is along your journey, what was the worst business decision you ever made and what did you learn from it? The worst business decision I ever made was not to sell pee. That was the worst business decision I ever made. And, and to kind of help create a framework for that, right. um, in 2008, when the market crashed, um, you know, I was living, I was having the time of my life. I made tons of money. I was working alongside my hero entrepreneur, Richard Branson. We had this great company that was totally well-timed. And then it was just like the rug got pulled out. Like, like probably a lot of people feel with COVID. COVID. Mm. We're just like that. The whole world changed. And for me, what that meant is, 
um, when the market crashed, so did, so did our industry and our business. I went from feeling like I had everything to losing everything, going over 400,000 in debt. We had our first child, got pregnant with the second. I lost the business. I mean, it was a disaster. Hmm. And, and for, for about a year, I probably did what I think every good entrepreneur would do, which is like curl up in the fetal position in my room and just try and try and get through. And one day I got a call from a guy about a year, two years in. And he said, Scott, I, I hear you're looking to run a company. And I said, I am. He said, you're hired. And I'm like, hmm. what do you want me to do? That's amazing. Hmm. And he said, come and meet me for lunch. And I'll tell you. And I got there and I sat down. So what is it? He said, you know what? You're not going to run the company anymore. You're going to be a salesman for me. I said, great. What am I going to sell? And he said, P. <laughs> and I said, what? He said, you're going to sell P. I said, what the hell does that mean? He said, I just bought a research lab and we specialize in processing urine. Mm -hmm. He's like, you go to the doctor's office, you pee in a cup. They send it to me. We spin it, send back a report, tell the patient. He said, what I'm going to have you do is call in all the doctor's offices in Southern California and win their pee business. <laughs> in a year, his vision for me was I was going to be the king of pee. And I was so mad and I was so insulted. My ego was so in the way. I didn't take that job. And the thing is, when life knocks us down, what I've learned is the most important thing isn't necessarily to focus on finding the next huge win today. The first thing we need to do is create some financial stability underneath us that can create that stability, kind of like the legs that hold up the tabletop. And figure out how do we do this, these things? How do we pay for our basic bills? How do we create some sense of security? Because when we start to do that, we change our energy, which puts us in a different position to go out and find the big thing. And so instead of saying yes, I said no and got deeper and deeper and deeper until I turned things around. So the biggest mistake I ever made was not selling P. <laughs> hey, that's a good story. I would, I'm like, not silly P. I'm like, I don't know how you sell P, but that's, that is a, a good mistake to make and certainly a unique one. So now we'll jump to the second question I have, which is if you're talking to somebody that's just getting into a startup or a small business, what would be the one piece of advice you'd give them? The one piece of advice I'd give them is to, I think the biggest mistake that entrepreneurs make is that they, they, they focus on like building, 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 and then pushing something out to the marketplace. I was talking to Gary Vee about this. And I said, what's the biggest mistake people make? He said, they don't respect the market. It's all tied together. You see, the two most important questions you have to ask when you're launching are number one, what's most important to you, the customer, about blank? Don't build yet. What's most important to you about blank? Say the person says, um, I want to build a great fitness thing that you can use at home, okay? Uh, that, that's what they, I'm sorry, that's the, they're building, a great, a great a fitness thing. And they ask you, what's most important to you about a great fitness thing? Well, here's what happens. I say that it's easy to use. Now, here's the problem. Easy to use means a million different things to a million different people. What most entrepreneurs who are launching do is they take easy to use and they build what they think is easy to use. And then they put it out in the marketplace and it doesn't get the result they want. So the second question that you ask is, what has to happen? How do you know that it's easy to use? 
And what happens is the buyer gives you what I call their buyer blueprint. They're going to they're gonna say, I, you know, I want it to be mobile. I, I use an iOS, not an Android. I want to pay for it once, not every month. They'll give mm-hmm. you all those things. As an entrepreneur launching, what you do is build that. Just build that and push that out. And it will mm-hmm. give you a much higher chance of being successful at, at the get-go. Hmm. No, I think that that is absolutely a great advice. And I think that something definitely people should take to heart. Well, as we wrap up, and there are always plenty more fun things that we could talk about, but as we're wrapping towards the end of the podcast, if people want to reach out to, they want to use your services, they want to be a client, a customer, they want to be an employee, they want to be an investor, they want to be your next best friend, any or all of the above, (laughs) what's the best way to reach out or connect up with you? Sure. The best place to go is scottduffy.com. Uh, S-C-O-T-T-D-U-F-F-Y, scottduffy.com, or hit me up on social media at Scott Duffy Media across all channels. All right. Well, I definitely encourage people to reach out for you. A lot of value you can add, and it's certainly worthwhile to connect up with you. Well, thank you for coming on the podcast, Scott. It's been fun. It's been a pleasure. Now, for all of you that are listeners, if you have your own journey to tell and uh, you'd like to come on the podcast, feel free to go to inventiveguest.com. We'd love to share your journey. Also, two more things if you're a listener. One, click subscribe so you know when all of our awesome episodes come out. Two, leave us a review so lots of new people can find us. Last but not least, if you ever need help with your patents or trademarks or anything else, reach out to us at Miller IP Law. Just go to strategymeeting.com. Thank you again, Scott. It's been a pleasure and wish the next leg of your journey even better than the last. Thanks, Devin.